Well, good morning. We are so excited to, to be here together with you for what we are calling Vision Sunday here at South Metro. I'm honored today uh, to be able to share the stage with uh, two amazing uh, men of God, two men that I, I look up to so much. It's an honor uh, for me to be here with our, our pastor, Pastor Alan Matura, and our, our lead pastor in transition, Pastor J.C. Worley. Would you give it up for them today? Let them know how much you love them. We are so excited just to, to take the opportunity uh, today to, to cast vision, to, uh, to hear the heart of our pastors and of our leadership as we are going through this transition season. I think it's important to, to answer questions, to talk a little bit about what God is doing. We believe that God is in this. We know that God is in this. And, uh, and so it's exciting today to be able to hear our pastor's heart and, uh, and to talk for just a few moments today. I want to take just a moment to look into the cameras and to welcome. Welcome our, our Go Church family up in the Washington, D.C. area in Maryland. We're so glad that you're here with us tuning in to the broadcast today for Vision Sunday. We also want to take a moment to welcome all of those who are tuning in online. Maybe you couldn't make it today for whatever reason, but we love you and we are so glad that you have taken the time to tune in today. And finally, for those uh, who are serving in the, in the military, men and women serving around the world, we honor you today and we thank you for taking the time to tune in with us here at South Metro. Well, I do want to share with you very quickly before we jump into the conversation today that uh, throughout the, the service today, you're going to have an opportunity. We're going to be talking, answering different questions maybe that you have. Uh, we're going to we're try to hit some of the key things, but we want to give you an opportunity to participate uh, in this time of vision casting today. And so what we're going to do is we're going to put a, uh, a link up on the screen, a URL, and it's going to be up there on the screen uh, for the first, uh, first probably 10 minutes of, of the discussion. So you want to go ahead and get that. Uh, if you would like to text in, there, there will be a Google form that you can go to uh, through your smartphone or through your tablet, and you can submit a question. And then at the end today, we're going to take just a, a moment to, to hit as many as we can. We won't be able to get to all of them, uh, but we'll try to hit as many questions as we can, uh, just rapid fire real quick to try and answer some of those, uh, maybe questions that haven't been asked in the time that we've spent here uh, together today. So go ahead, take an opportunity to, to get, grab that URL if you'd like to submit a question. And uh, we'll try to answer those at the end of our time together today. Well, let's jump into to this. I, I think no one wants to hear me talk today. Everyone wants to hear, uh, hear our pastors. So I, I'd like to, to just jump in with, with you, Pastor. Uh, I, I think it's important that we, uh, that, that we kind of hear your heart as we, as we really dive into this. On October 29th, 2017... Uh, man, you guys dropped a bombshell on us here at South Metro. Uh, it, it, was, uh, it was heavy. It was heavy news. Uh, you know, many of us we were, we were taken by surprise. And uh, it, it was a big deal. And you, you announced this, this transition from being the lead pastor here at South Metro as you were moving into a new season uh, that the Lord was leading you. Uh, could you talk to us for just a moment on how you came to that decision that it was time to, to transition? Uh, thank you, Pastor Trey. Uh, I don't know what I'm doing here sitting on this chair. <laughs> Instead of preaching from the pulpit, but I'll give it Come a chance. I do thank you and Pastor JC, however, for creating this context because this is something that is new to this church family. This church has been 
in existence for 43 years, just about. So in 43 years with two pastors is very unusual, very unusual. Uh, this, as Pastor J.C. would know, being, of course, in the family and who he is to us, this has been the most difficult decision in my life. I did not get up one morning and say, enough is enough. I have wept over this. In walking, I've prayed over it. In laying down, I've prayed over it. In conversation with others that I thought would be uh, coaches and mentor to me, I've wrestled with it. My wife has wrestled with it because all of you are family. All of you. This has not been an appointment for me. I wasn't going to see how much I could milk it for and then move on. So I say this with as much, uh, I'm looking for the right word, but I I should say solemnness. That I had to really hear from God. Because no one was pushing me out. Not that I know of, but. uh, Not here. So it, I knew that I had taken this congregation as far as the Lord would have me take the congregation and prepare it for another. I felt like that the zenith, the height of our ministry here had been accomplished. Ministry here, and I don't know exactly where everything is going to go from here. I do have a lot of ideas. But having known that we've reached our spiritual leadership, our emotional leadership, uh, our mental leadership, all these things having been accomplished in our hearts and prayer, I knew it was time for Joshua and Elisha to take it and go with it. And so having accomplished that thing in my heart, knowing where we needed to be, the search began in my own person, my own life. So uh, the, the things that, that caused us to think over it, and prepare ourselves for it because is because the Lord had laid on us to finish strong. Mm. So while the church is not perfect, I feel like it's very good, very well. And it was the time at this place to turn it over. Wow, wow Pastor. That, that is, uh, you know, I appreciate. That's one of the things that I think I've appreciated so much about serving under your leadership is just the wisdom and the discernment for seasons of change and uh, the seasons that the Lord is working in. And, and uh, I think I can say on behalf of uh, the, the congregation that you've done exactly that, that you have finished strong. And so, uh, man, thank you so much for, your, for that transparency. We honor that. Pastor JC, I'd like to jump over to you uh, for just a moment because, uh, you know, four years ago that you, you guys... Uh, you had been serving here as the student pastors at South Metro, uh, did a phenomenal job leading, uh, leading the ministry here. Uh, you, you set us up well uh, coming in to be able to, to just build off of what you guys had done. And so four years ago, the Lord had just laid on your heart uh, a dream, something that, that he had really been birthing in you for a while. And uh, you guys moved to Maryland and, uh, and you established the ministry of Go Church. And man, I, I, as we've kind of followed along with you over the last four years, man, we've seen uh, how God has just, uh, just shown you supernatural favor. 
and uh, the, the amazing growth that has taken place there, not just uh, numerically, but spiritually uh, in that time. Could, could you take just a moment kind of, to kind of talk through uh, what led you guys to, to leave Maryland, not to leave Go Church, because that's obviously still something that God is, uh, it, it has you guys uh, working through, but uh, what was it that led you guys to leave Maryland and uh, to come home and to take on the lead pastorate of South Metro? Such a good question. You know, I was thinking through that um, question that you were going to ask and thinking about our ministry with Kimberly and the ministry of Go Church. And when we shared this news with our congregation of people on the same Sunday that Pastor shared with the wonderful people at South Metro, I talked a little bit about this idea of divine interruptions and how all throughout the scripture from Genesis to Revelation, we see God performing divine interruptions where people are on a journey, they've got a plan, they have a purpose, and then out of nowhere, God divinely interrupts them to change the trajectory of their life forever. Mm. I don't have time to preach that to you, but if you think about Noah going about his business, a divine interruption shifted his trajectory to, to build a boat. Abraham going on business as usual, a divine interruption, and God called him out of the wilderness to go to a land that he didn't know. David uh, in the middle of a field as a shepherd boy, a divine interruption, and the next thing you know, he's appointed as the next king of Israel. Peter, James, John going about their fishing business and industry, and out of nowhere, Jesus shows up with a divine interruption and changes the course uh, of their plan. Paul. Uh, as a matter of fact, set out to destroy the church and through a divine interruption, then became one of the biggest supporters of the church, writing over two-thirds of the New Testament. So you get the idea. And to be honest, that is exactly what happened in our ministry. When we left South Metro, uh, and I say this wholeheartedly and with so much respect, but we never thought that God would bring us back home. You know, we thought that God was relocating us and that we would live and do life and die in Montgomery County, Maryland, you know, and out of nowhere, a divine interruption came. And the conversation happened in the early part of 2017 when Pastor and I, we had a chance to spend a few days together, uh, you know, on a trip, and he mentioned the idea. You know, he said, hey, what do you think about this? And to be honest, my initial response was I laughed not out of disrespect, but uh, it was a nervous laugh. You know, like, first of all, you're a legend. You know, you got to preach till you die. You know, I mean, you need to come up here in a walker. Let them roll you right. up to the pulpit. We'll do it. You know, we'll just stick an IV in you between services. <laughs> you just kind of keep, keep going. But in all honesty, and again, I don't want this to sound bad, but, you know, I just didn't think that that was the plan that God had for us you know, uh, in the beginning. And so Kimberly and I, we began to have some conversations. And in one of those conversations, uh, and I, I want you to hear my heart of transparency here, but I, I said these words. I said, Kimberly, tell your mom and dad that we don't have to talk about this anymore, that I'm not going, we're not going to do this, I'm not going to do this. And then I got a little frustrated in our conversation. I said, as a matter of fact, I'm not even going to pray about this again. You know, I said, this is not what the Lord would want. And I think now in hindsight, because it's always 2020, I was fighting the fear sure. of taking on the baton of leadership being passed down from Pastor 
Pastor Allen. Um, and so Kimberly, in her response, she said to me, I love you, but it's not even Christian-like to not pray about something. Right. <laughs> and I said to her, and I, I said to her, I said, well, I'm not going to pray. Two days later, the house we were living in went on the market. And we had tried for four years to buy that house. And the owners of the house told us, you know, hey, uh, if we ever decide to sell, we'll sell it to you. And so out of nowhere, we walked outside of our home one day, and there was a for sale sign in this front yard. And I looked at the for sale sign, and I heard the Holy Spirit say, pray or not. I'll get your attention one way or the other. He'll do it. And, yeah. And so, I mean, I'm sitting here today simply because of a divine interruption. Yeah. We, we had our plan and we had our agenda and we were doing our thing, all led by the Lord. Sure. But God interrupted that for such a time as this. And I think in those conversations, you know, whenever we would talk about, you know, the possibility of this transition, Kimberly and I would, you know, say things like, well, who will follow in their footsteps? And, you know, maybe a name would be thrown out or not, but I'd get really frustrated. And I would say, no, 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 that, it, that can't be that person. And then we'd talk about, you know, well, maybe the denomination would send somebody. And we would throw out some names of uh, individuals in the denomination. And I would say, no, 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 that person can't do it. And Kimberly would say, why are you so frustrated at every person that we talk about? And I felt like because God was putting in my heart this responsibility, this desire to carry this leadership baton, you know, and uh, when he began to reveal that plan, we submitted to that, and we are here for that one reason. He divinely interrupted our plan, put in our heart the responsibility to come back home, and it is the greatest honor of our lifetimes mm. to be able to love the people of South Metro, Amen. to carry on a legacy that will continue to live on to honor the integrity and the people of South Metro, and to watch the ministry expand at Go Church in Maryland as well. It's an incredible honor and opportunity, and so we're just grateful. Amen. Amen. Well, it's obvious. Yeah, go ahead. Let him know. It's... It's so obvious that, that the Lord is in this process. You know, it, it's amazing. Dr. Valerie mentioned the other day, and I want to make sure that I give her credit for this, uh, but, but she talked about uh, how the Lord takes people in processes that are outside of our control and just aligns them perfectly to cause us to be able to walk in step in step with his spirit. And, uh, and it seems that that's exactly what the Lord has been doing in this. As you say, I'm not going to pray. I'm not going to seek this. I'm just, it, it is what it is, and then the Lord just kind of takes that and turns it all around uh, to put it in place properly. I mean, it's just, it's amazing to see the hand of God at work. Pastor, uh, you, uh, maybe, you know, maybe there are some in the congregation today, uh, you know, and this may, may put Pastor JC on the spot just a little bit, but maybe there's some in the congregation that have been wondering, uh, maybe the reason behind why you chose Pastor JC as your successor now, I, I know I can speak personally as a staff member, and, uh, and in the conversations with the staff and uh, with the elders, we all know very clearly, uh, because we feel like we've heard from the Lord as well in all of this, and hearing your heart, uh, that this was not a choice that was made simply because uh, he's your son-in-law, or simply because he's family, that this was not a, a decision based out of, out of nepotism. Uh, but but the, that the Lord has been speaking to your heart in this. But could you give us some clarity today on the heart behind the decision? Why, why Pastor J.C. And, and Kimberly? Good question. Uh, 
one of the things I, I really wanted to keep away from was the fact that he is our son-in-law and, of course, Kimberly is our daughter. Uh, I did not want to invite him to be the lead pastor here because I needed to keep it in the family. I wrestled with it as he said moments ago about his personal experience. My response to the first question you asked, Pastor Tree, was that I wrestled with my stepping aside. Then in like fashion, I wrestled with who would follow me. And I remember Pastor J.C. had a friend there, go church, still his friend, who had contacts to two tickets to Augusta National for the Masters. And that's a man from God's heart. Amen. But I remember coming back. It's, it's quite a little, maybe, Pastor Trey, a little three-and-a-half journey. And I don't know if you remember, but I tried to talk him out of it. I really did. Uh, my wife didn't try to talk him out of it, but I did. Because I wanted to make sure that Pastor J.C. and Kimberly had a heart for this church as his heart for Go Church. And I wanted to make sure that he and Kimberly would not feel like they're out of their niche physically and spiritually. Because you don't serve in one church for 33 years to watch it fall apart after you step aside. Can right. I get an amen? Right. amen? So uh, I likened it, our back and forth, to like Jacob wrestling with the Lord. When he saw an angel, he saw a ladder, and you know that story, right? And he's going to a place he doesn't know about. He's going to family members he hasn't met. And so he's wrestling with the Lord. And God uh, readjusts his hip out of joint. And so that when he left there, he'd know he'd been wrestling with God. And it was God's will and not his. And so we went back and forth with that a, a, a little while. And, and again, for, for a few months, do you, do you? because I knew in my heart it was to be him. So I want he to make sure. Especially when a man don't pray about anything. <laughs> so, you know, let's put family aside for a moment. Nothing bad with family, because you look at the scriptures, yeah. and you look and you'll find out that Abraham's son succeeded him, and there were others in the faith who succeeded him. Their 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 dads, because what do you expect from a family of, of a household of faith? You have been called by God, your father. Has served and others here, Pastor uh, Jeff, the same way, and and others. Uh, so, the the anointing on him and Kimberly, the anointing of the Holy Ghost, called by the Holy Spirit of God, the 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 love for people. You know, if you if you go pastor a church, it helps to love people. Their their love not out of showiness, but a real love for people. Yeah. Their, their call and preparation for the ministry. You don't have to be in college to be prepared for ministry. But I'll say this to you, as much as you can get in preparation, go get it. Come on. Amen? Uh, the evidence of he and Kimberly's work is before them and behind them. 
God so anointed their work in Go Church and blessed them with wisdom and direction and the results, as you noted, is very prominent. And so seeing that, the leadership skills that they have, you know, this couple don't sit on their hands and, and talk about kumbaya, Lord. This, this couple get out there in, in the muck of things and do the work of the Lord. Their leadership, their, their skills, their creativity. And, and I commend it. And every once in a while I'll be a little lighthearted because that's how I deal with my seriousness. Having to be serious. But, but here I tell you this, that uh, teasing about prayer with him, I can say to you that they pray. They love the Lord. They love the work of the Lord. They are anointed with the Holy Ghost. They are not ashamed of their Pentecostalism. Can I get an amen? They're not ashamed of preaching this whole thing, rightly divided. Somebody say praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And I wanted, and Pastor J.C. was preaching that way before they left to Maryland. This is what gets you through. This will get you through. And I want to say this to you in public. There is nobody else in this world I'd rather have follow me than you. You. Nobody else. And I'll, I'll close with this response to your question because I'm not supposed to preach in. Pastor Trey, you asked what was the motivation. It was really their children. Lakeland and London. Who are my grandchildren? Right. Any grandparents want to say amen? <laughs> and I say that with joy. Thank you. Yeah, that that pastor that that's such a phenomenal response. You know, I think it takes wisdom to be able to say, you know, uh, I'm not going to be concerned with you know thoughts of nepotism. I want to tab the right man for the job. It doesn't matter whether they're family or whether they're friend. Whether I know them or whether I don't, I want to tab the right man for the job. And, and we have no doubt that you have done that uh, here at South Metro. Thank you so much. Come on. Come on. Let me remind you, as we kind of continue forward to, to get those questions in, uh, because we're going to come to that here in just a few moments, but I, I want to come back to you, Pastor JC, uh, because I want us to kind of dive into a little bit of the vision for the future because I think it's important for us to uh, to hear the vision. The Bible tells us, uh, says, write the vision and make it plain so that he who re reads it can run with it. Yeah. And uh, and so we, I want to kind of ask you a few questions along those lines. Uh, we know that Go Church has been a God dream of yours, that that is something that the Lord planted deeply in your heart. And, uh, and so God's been working that through you for many years. Uh, and so now we're in this place of, uh, as you say all the time, taking two churches and, and really making it one church in two locations. And, and with that, it kind of presents some questions and uh, some challenges along the way. Uh, so I want us to talk about that for, for just a minute. What, what does that look like? What does that look like for us, one church uh, in two locations? Uh, I, think, uh, I think it looks like... Uh, the beginning, you know, and here's what I mean by that. Kimberly and I, we have a heart to plant churches. On July 12th of 2012, uh, we were serving here at South Metro as a student ministry pastors, and we were living uh, on the property in, in, in one of the homes there. And in the middle of the night, the Lord woke me up and led me to the Great Commission. 
There are actually five different perspectives of the Great Commission in the New Testament, but I opened up my Bible to Matthew chapter 28, beginning in verse number 18, and I read, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything which I've commanded, and I'll be with you to the ends of the earth. And when I read those words, I heard the Lord speak to my heart that we were to establish the ministry of Go Church. And so that's been very much a part of our heart and our vision. As a matter of fact, when Pastor and I first began this conversation, he absolutely did try to talk me out of it. Uh, and when we got done in that car ride coming back from the Masters, which I don't think your other son-in-law has ever taken you to the Masters. No, I didn't, I didn't think so either. I, I don't remember him doing anything like that. Um, I just thought I'd throw that in there in case... Uh, but at the end of that conversation, I told him, I said, you know, uh, I said, I, I, I don't know. I just don't know if this is what the Lord wants. And his response was, well, mom wanted me to talk to you. <laughs> I said, oh, okay. And then uh, a couple months later, Kimberly and I were flying to Chicago. I was preaching at uh, an event for the Romanian church uh, in Chicago. And they came to Maryland to watch our kids. And after that trip, when we came home, we had a day to spend together. And I saw, and let me get real personal for a moment, I saw dad sitting on our couch, uh, broken with this burden in his heart of the transition. Mm. And I mean, he wept, and mom wept, and I knew then, okay, this is serious business. And at that moment, that's when I started to process, how, how can we allow two churches to become one? And pastor asked me, he said, he said, well, Will you love the people of South Metro as much as you love the people of Go Church? That's a, that's a powerful question. And my immediate response was this, and I, and I believe it was from the Holy Spirit, and I didn't hesitate. I said, well, when my daughter was born, I didn't love my son any less. You know, when God gave us two children, I didn't say to Lakeland, hey, uh, I have to divide my heart in two now so that I can love your sister. As a matter of fact, when Kimberly was pregnant, I was really worried about how I could love another child the way that I loved my, my only son, you know. And so I called my mom, and I said, Mom, you know, she has four kids. I said, did you ever love one of us more than the other? And she said, oh, yeah. <laughs> and, I was, and I told her, I said, well, that's not the response I thought I would hear. And I said, it was me, right? Like, you love me? And she said, no. She said, you know, in parenting four kids, there were just times in all of you growing up that one of you needed a little bit more love than the other. But I loved all of you equally. Yeah. And so, you know, when we look at these, these opportunities of one church in two locations, and then hopefully one day, if the Lord would lead us through the power of the Holy Spirit and the faithfulness of, a peop of his people, one church in three locations, one church in yeah. four locations, yeah. Yeah. one church in ten locations. Yeah. You know, I, I uh, yeah. I don't, I don't want to put a limit on God, you know, and I certainly don't want to put myself on the same platform of some of the incredible men and, and women that we read about in Scripture, but, but Paul went from city to city. Yeah. He planted churches. Yeah. He raised up leadership teams. He raised up campus pastors, and then he would go to another city, and he would duplicate the process, and then he would write letters, that's why we have those letters in our Bible, to encourage the people in those towns. And you, maybe you've heard me share this before, 
I'm not going to write letters because I don't have the best handwriting. <laughs> but secondly, we have such advancement in technology today. Sure. If the disciples had social media and television and radio like we do today, could you imagine? You know, and so I think we can leverage the power of that and continue to expand the ministry. Mm. In order to do that, though, we need a, a mother church. We need a covering. We need a, a central location, a headquarters, if you will, so that we can go to yeah. the ends of the earth, so that we can make disciples. And so you never have to worry about, well, we love the people here as much as we love the people there. We, when God calls us to follow him, we're supposed to love all people. That is the fulfillment Amen. of the law is love. Amen. And so our heart has overwhelmingly expanded to a different type of love now. And so I think this is just the beginning. You know, but, but we, can, we can use media, we can use the faithfulness of people to continue to reach people, whether they're here in the United States or whether they're across the, the waters. Sure. You know, God can do that, and that's so exciting to me. It's being done that we get to meet today and simultaneously 702 miles from here, 350, 400 people are coming together to worship the same Lord. Come on, isn't that powerful? Amen. So Amen. we're just going to leverage what's in front of us. We're going to utilize what God will give us, and we'll allow him to expand our heart. The other thing is this, and we'll move on. We have to practice Ephesians chapter 4, which is equipping the saints to do the work of the ministry. And so that has been a part of our leadership from day one. This cannot be done effectively or efficiently or with excellence if Kimberly and I try to do it all. We have to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. And so as we... uh, prepare the hearts of the people, and as we implement training and leadership opportunities and all of that, God will use the people in this room and the people that God will send to us to be a part of the greater vision that's in front of us. So that's a little bit about my heart with that. Sure, sure. I got a couple follow-up questions to okay. that, but I, I, you know, as our time is kind of moving pretty quickly, I want to, but I want to give an opportunity to 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 for you to speak to sure. uh, to these these things. One of the questions I think maybe some in the congregation are, would probably be wondering: uh, We are a part of the Church of God, Cleveland, Tennessee denomination. Uh, and for those who have been a part of the Church of God for many years, I'm sure the question has probably come: Will we continue to be a part of the Church of God? I think that's a great question, and let me tell you, we live in a, we live in a culture and a society where people don't want accountability. Sure. You know, they don't, want to, they don't want to answer to anyone. You know, and I have, I have such great conviction about that. Uh, again, with so much respect, South Metro is not a perfect church. Go Church is not a perfect church. And the Church of God is not a perfect denomination. Right. And those ministries will never become perfect because men and women are involved in it. You know, so we, we tell, we tell uh, people all the time when they come through membership at Go Church, and uh, Pastor has said this too, I, I probably stole it from him. I've stolen a lot from him, by the way, you know. Uh, but we'll say, if you're looking for a perfect church, this isn't it. And if you find a perfect church, don't attend there because you're going to mess it up. You know what I mean? And so here's, here's what I know. The church of God is not a perfect denomination. But it provides for us accountability. It provides for us a covering. Uh, in the world that we live in, we need that. You know? And so unless the Holy Spirit or unless the Lord just redirected us collectively to do something different, I find it incredibly important to be a part of a denomination. 
that doesn't minimize churches that are part of a, a, a non-denominational group, which is really a denomination in itself. Which, but anyway, that's a part of a sermon for later on. You know, but for us, we, we have an administrative bishop that looks out for this church. Uh, I have someone that I have to report to every month. The church does reporting. Every month, Pastor JC does reporting. Uh, that keeps the finances in line. It allows us to be men and women of integrity. And so I appreciate the opportunity to be a part of this denomination. And let me say this. I pray that God would use the leadership of, of Kimberly and myself and the ministry of South Metro to create uh, some much-needed change in our denomination, Amen. to help us push forward and to think outside of the box. Yeah. And yeah. God is already doing that within our denomination with how many members worldwide? I'm going to put you on the spot. Do you know? Almost 8 million worldwide. We are one of just a few churches that has uh, multiple campuses in multiple states. Mm -hmm. And so even that is pushing kind of the uh, opportunity in front of us. So, yeah, I want to be a part. Unless God does something different, I think it's important to be a part of that. It provides great covering for us here. That's great. That's great, Pastor JC. I want to kind of come back to uh, the one church, two locations kind of thought there. Uh, I know, I'm sure there are many here today, knowing that Go Church is, uh, is so firmly entrenched in your heart, that, that dream that God had given you. Uh, I'm sure the question has probably come many times, uh, will our name here at South Metro be changing uh, to Go Church? I want to give you an opportunity to, to address that and speak to that today from your heart. Uh, so let me ask you this, and I've thought through this so much. Uh, what, what is my name? What do you call me? JC or Pastor JC. Okay, and I knew that you would give me that answer. Pass that to him. This is my driver's license. Now it's still Maryland, so I got to get that changed, but pass that to him. Now, this is important because many of you don't know me, but what does my driver's license read? James Clinton Worley. That's right. Now, some of you call me JC. My, you know, uh, my official name is James Clinton. Now, Kimberly and I, we've been married 13 years, so her term of endearment for me is Jake. She calls me Jake. You can't call me Jake because you don't know me like that. Come on. <laughs> Lakeland and London call me daddy. Okay. My mom calls me son. My sister calls me Bubba. My in-laws call me favorite son-in-law. <laughs> right? And, he, and here, here's why I say all of that. When, when I die, and there, unless the Lord comes back, we will all meet that day. I don't want people to talk about me and just mention my names. Mm. To me, it's not about what we're called. It's about what we do. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Come you know, on. and so now I don't want to give you some, I don't want to give you some politician answer and sure. jump around there. But look, what's most important is what we do as a church. That's right. You know, South Metro Ministries was not always South Metro. For many years, it was the Peachtree City Church of God, and now South Metro Ministries. Here's what I'm saying. If the Lord leads us in that direction, I want to be obedient to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, if the Lord says, don't, or sit, or stop, I hope that there's enough conviction in my heart and in Kimberly's heart that we are responsible to that word from the Lord yeah. to be obedient to that. Amen. So with every decision that we make, the Bible says that they should be made with prayer and fasting. And so I just want to be led by the Spirit. Right now, you call us whatever you got to call us. You know, what's more important is what the community knows about us. 
And are we making disciples? Are we involved in community outreach? Are, are, we, are we creating opportunities for lives to be changed? Are people, are people getting saved? And then are those saved people getting delivered? And are those delivered people pursuing ministry? Do you see what I'm saying? Are they mm-hmm. having an opportunity to be filled with the Holy Spirit? That is so much more important to Kimberly and I than what you call us. Yeah. So as the Lord leads, we'll have that conversation. But right now, our heart is to get to know you all, to love all of you, uh, to build relationship and friendship there. And then in the, the years to come, as the Lord leads us in so many different areas, I can't wait to talk through that more. But right now, that's not on the top of the priority list. Yeah. So I hope that that helps with yeah, kind yeah, of my heart I, there. Yeah, I think that, that answers the question. No, uh, can I have my driver's license? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I think you, you can have that back. So much. Can you that's make a copy of that too. for me, Pastor? Okay. <laughs> I do, I do very quickly, if you can just kind of speak to this just as a follow-up, and then we're going to come back to Pastor. Okay. Uh, could you talk for just a moment about uh, maybe your heart or your vision for, uh, because South Metro is very much a, a multi-ethnic, multi-racial, multi-generational uh, church. Could you talk to, to us for just a moment on your heart uh, for multi-racial, multi-ethnic, or multi-generational uh, ministry? Yeah, I, first of all, I love that in this room are people from all over the world. Amen. Uh, now, and I want you to know this, and it's important to know this. Go Church is located in Montgomery County, Maryland. Last year, the report came out that showed that Montgomery County was the most diverse county in the United States of America. Four of the top 20 diverse cities in our country, four of them are in our county. 1.6 million people live in Montgomery County. It's a melting pot. For the world, you know, and so uh, I, and I say this again, I mean, a, a, a divine interruption the Lord would lead, but I think there would have been greater reservation to say yes to this opportunity if this congregation were all one color. Because that is not our heart. Because that is not heaven. You know, and so to sit in front of a group of people that looks like heaven will look, come on somebody, help me out for a minute. To me... That is incredibly important. And yeah. maybe, maybe you're visiting today and you're trying to figure all of this out. This is your first Sunday and you're thinking, man, you know, my first Sunday I'm visiting. They're talking about this transition. Or perhaps you're praying about a church. If, if you're not interested in being a part of a church where the people of God come together, red, yellow, black, and white, you probably won't like it here. Because it's our heart to open up our doors for all people. For all people, so that's important. Now, on the multi-generational side is this, and I, I had this thought. If you remember Samson, anybody remember Samson? Uh, in Judges 16, Samson was a judge and a warrior of Israel, and he was after the Philistines. Well, if you remember, uh, the Philistines paid Delilah to set him up. Anybody remember that? Right. And so they, they gouged out his eyes, and then they cut his hair, which is where his strength came from. And then in Judges 16, in his last days, he was uh, put on display kind of as, as entertainment for the Philistines. They had thrown a festival, the Bible says, uh, to celebrate the fact that they had captured Samson. And so the Bible says that they brought him out for entertainment. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Okay, and so I want you to see this. So the Bible says that Samson said to the young lad, he said to the teenager, position me between the two pillars. Okay, and then you know, you know history. With his strength and one last attempt to destroy the Philistines, uh, he pushed down the, the, the temple pillars and about 3,000 people were destroyed. It was his avenge of the Philistines. Mm. And when I read that, here's what I heard the Lord say. It took the vision of the younger generation, but the strength of the older generation. That's good. And I think for us, 
moving forward, what we need is a reliance on the vision of the younger generation. You know, they are not the church of tomorrow. They are the church of today. And let me tell you, my heart is to allow the Lord to use Kimberly and I and the ministries of South Metro to go after your sons and your daughters, your grandsons, your granddaughters, your nieces, your nephews. By a show of fans, how many of you have sons, daughters, grandsons, granddaughters, nieces, or nephews that are not saved? They're not saved. Yeah, so we've got to have the vision of the younger generation to go get them. But then we need the strength of the older generation to help us cultivate a culture here of prayer and discipleship and servanthood. And so this is not either or, it's both and. We need the vision of the younger and the strength of the older working hand in hand so that we can see the multitudes come to know Jesus Christ. Come on, I'm about to preach right now. Yeah, come on, that's good, that's good. Yeah, so that's our heart. For multiracial church and then multi-generational ministry, it's important. That's great, Pastor JC. Well, we, our time is, 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 is moving pretty quickly, so I, wanna, I do want to come back to you, Pastor, uh, and give you, give you an opportunity to speak to this. Man, you, you guys have pastored one church for 33 come on, years. Come on, can we, can we just give it up for that? One church for 33 years. I mean, I, I think that's worthy. I mean, what a legacy. And what an example to us as the people of God in how to, in just consistency and dedication and commitment and faithfulness. I mean, you guys, you and Dr. Valerie are, are the models to us uh, of that. I mean, I, I'm just, I mean, I'm moved, moved to emotion uh, by that. I'm just, I'm so honored to, to just even have been able to be a part of that process. Uh, could you talk to us for just a moment uh, this is a big change for you guys. Uh, could you talk to us for, for just a moment about some things maybe that you're really going to miss or even some things that you're looking forward to uh, as God leads you into a, a new season of life and ministry? Well, thanks for remembering that I'm still sitting here. Because <laughs> you both work for me right now and till the... It's true, it's true. <laughs> let, me, let me tell you. And I, I do that because I don't want to get emotional. Uh, I, I am going to miss a lot of things, but I'm just, just going to be brief. And when I, when I say to you what I'm going to miss, doesn't mean it's a retraction of my decision, okay? Because everybody has emotions and, and they, they miss different things. Uh, as a lead pastor, you have a different level of uh, uh, leadership. Can I get an amen? amen. Uh, and... With that comes a, a, a particular aura of leadership that if you've earned it, uh, you have the liberty of the ability to keep leading. So that I will miss, but I knew that when I, when I went in. I will miss uh, our staff because most of the staff who have served under me and you have in the past seven years uh, have been long-term uh, staff members. And we have built some camaraderie and some fellowship and friendship. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll say this to you. And, and uh, in 33 years, I've only had to dismiss about three staff members. Uh, and they were, a couple were rather serious. Uh, 
I don't want to make this too hard. Offenses. Uh, the mercy and grace that you have extended me and the staff is immeasurable. So I'll miss the staff. And uh, one of the ones I'll miss the most is that lady over there in the green. Stand up, man. 21 years she has served me. 21 years. In 21 years, Anne has been faithful to this church and to me as her lead pastor. I told Valerie yesterday, uh, other than, you know, Valerie knows all my griping and grouchy and complaining, and, but there's another person who knows it. Someone will just ring my bell after I handle that phone call. I go right in there with Anne, and I'll tell her the peace of mind I should have told that other person. <laughs> So, so I'll, I'll miss, I'll miss that. Uh, I'll miss. I'll, I'll show you what I miss the most. I'm gonna get up and demonstrate. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, I'll miss after the choir sings its song before the preaching. You pretend that the pulpit is there. Can you all do that? <laughs> I'll miss that you automatically stand up. I'll miss when I come right up here. And I say, those of you that are not standing yet, please stand. I'll miss preaching. <clears throat> preaching regularly. I live to preach. I'll miss that. But I'll have opportunities that won't be taken from me. And so... I'll miss everybody, but that's mine, so. Wow. Thank you, Pastor. Can we, can we just honor Pastor today? Can we just let him know how much we love him and Dr. Valerie once again? Jesus. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, oh by the way, while you stand, you asked what the future holds? Hawaii. Come on. Come on. Thank you. That's, that's <laughs> oh, that is fantastic. He's, uh, he's taking his, his favorite youth pastor with him as well. So, so Looking forward that, to it. My first time in Hawaii. No, oh. That was me too, ah, Trey. <laughs> I, knew it. I knew it was coming. I should have known it. I should have known it. Well, up. listen, I, I want us to, to just take an opportunity just to kind of uh, just to close this out. Uh, the congregation has uh, submitted some questions. We don't have time, for obviously, for all of them. Uh, but I do want to just kind of rapid fire real quick, hit a few of these, uh, and give you uh, just an opportunity uh, to, to answer them. So uh, the first question that I'd like to ask is this. Will Pastor Allen be able to, to do an occasional message from time to time? Who, who wants to speak to that one? Uh, if he doesn't, we're all going to be disappointed. Come on. That's you good. know, let, let, me, let me say this. Uh, there, I never gave him an ultimatum on the decision to come. I never said, I need A, B, C, D, E. Uh, it was never like that. It was never about anything but the leading of the Lord. But I did say two things to him, and he can correct me if I'm wrong. I said, number one, I will not come if Ann leaves. <laughs> come on, somebody. Now, I love all of the staff, but we could replace them. <laughs> That's not the plan, but she's irreplaceable, okay? So she has to stay. And then I said, secondly, uh, if there is ever an occasion for Kimberly and I to travel back to Maryland to be at Go Church 
or if we take a well-deserved vacation or a break, he's my first phone call to fill this pulpit. Come on. Last thing, and you got to move. Somebody called me the other day and said, hey, uh, I heard that you moved back to Atlanta. I'm available to preach in November. And I said, November's already taken, buddy. Come on, right here. This is the guy who's got November covered. So, yeah, he's preaching. Absolutely he'll preach. That's good. Uh, I think this one can come to you, Pastor. Uh, I'm, I'm, they said, I'm looking forward to what God has in store for South Metro Ministries. How was the church involved in the decision-making process, such as any voting or meetings, uh, et cetera, along those lines? Sure, good question. Uh, the denomination, the Church of God, which is what we are, uh, they, when I uh, made this decision, I went to my bishop, uh, Bishop Tom Madden, and uh, we conversed with Pastor J.C. and I. This is, this is the protocol. And we chatted together to make sure this is uh, doable within the denomination uh, confines and whether our heart was in this or not. After which he came and met, the, the bishop came and met with the elders of the church. And more than once he met with them. He, uh, he talked about what is coming. And then he took a vote from the elders, which was unanimous. He, the bishop of our uh, state of North Georgia, then have the authority to appoint the pastor of any church in North Georgia. So he took the vote. The protocol is the bishop. The other part of it, of course, is that we are qualified, the pastor J.C. being qualified. And then, of course, he came to the, the administrating governing body of South Metro Ministry, representing the whole congregation are the elders. They are elected once every three years. Upon doing that, then he uh, took the unanimous vote, came before the congregation, presented Pastor J.C., and he, he asked a simple question that anybody, everybody that feels good about it, in favor, it, it was more of consent than a vote by the whole congregation. Sure. Uh, they have done that in the past, but they found that to be difficult to do with integrity because some people vote who are not members of the church, right. some people vote who are not tithers of the church, and some people vote who are uh, uh, sparsely attending the church. Yeah. And that can sway a church to have a pastor that the Lord doesn't want to have. That's good. That's good, Pastor. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. Hey, and Trey, go ahead, go ahead. Another part of this equation that's really important is remember, this is one church in two locations. Mm -hmm. So Go Church has an administrative bishop in the Delmarva, D.C. region who also supported and endorsed this transition. Yeah. So we have the covering of both of our administrative bishops from North Georgia all the way up to the Delmarva, D.C. region. So that is incredible as well and important to know. Sure, and I think it's good, too, as, as well, to, to recognize the involvement of our elders and our leadership because they're elected by the congregation to represent the church yeah, uh, in, in those, those decisions and stuff. And so, uh, so thank you for, for answering that. I, I think that gives great clarity uh, to that. I, I want to ask this question because I, I think this is, um, I think it's important to, to mention because I, I think it's important for us to call the enemy out. Uh, and make sure that, that anything that he tries to keep hidden in the darkness is brought into the light. The, this, this person asked the question, they said, uh, there may be some who will disagree with some of the changes that are coming. Uh, the enemy, we know the enemy will try to introduce uh, division to the body. We must trust you as leaders. What is your plan to encourage maximum trust and minimum spirits of divisiveness in difficult, difficult decisions? How would you address that, Pastor JC? Man, I think that is such a powerful question to ask because the enemy does not want this to work. Right. One of the things, and I'll be so transparent with you, one of my greatest fears, not an unhealthy fear, but a fear, is that this man and that woman has 33 years 
of trust built up in the bank. If he gets up here and says, jump, most of us will jump because we, we trust his heart. For Kimberly and I, we don't come to the table with zero credibility. You know, we served here seven and a half years faithfully. Uh, we never had any issues. The only time I ever got in trouble was when I was defending mom and dad. Okay? Uh, plus, we're family. And so you guys have, have known us by pastor sharing his heart. Uh, on occasion, we've come back and preached, and you've seen that. You've sowed financially into our ministry. So we don't come to the table with zero credibility, but for the most part, people don't know us. And if you don't know somebody, you don't trust somebody. So the best thing that I can do moving forward, whenever change comes, because even if we didn't make one change, the fact that I'm not Alan Matura, everything is different. And so I get that. So the best thing that I can do moving forward as your senior leader is to always explain the why behind the what. To make sure that we lay out the vision before. So this is, this is the phrase that I've been using amongst the team. We have to drip the vision before we drop the vision. Okay, so along the way, let's just drip the vision as to why we're doing what we're doing. And to be honest, so many of the changes that I feel that we need to make in order to grow to the next level has to do internally than externally. And so we're not going to rush with decisions. Let me say one more thing. Go Church right now is a jet ski. If I want to make a change at Go Church, man, I get on that jet ski, baby, and I'm wide open, 90 to nothing. So if we need to turn left, we turn left. If we need to turn right, we turn right. Because Go Church in her infancy is a jet ski. The ministry of South Metro is more like a cruise liner. Mm -hmm. And so because of the history and the tradition, and tradition is not a bad word. Right. I think we try to turn it into a bad word, but it's not a bad word. Because of the history and the tradition and the culture, when changes are going to be made here or need to be made here or the Lord tells us to make a change, because this is a cruise liner, we have to be careful with how we approach that. Does that make sense? Yeah. So my heart is to always explain the why behind the what, to drip the vision before we drop the vision, and then to trust that the Lord would lead us in the direction that he's taking us. Does that uh, make sense? Yeah, that okay. makes total sense. That's Good great. Pastor, there, you want to add something yeah. to that? Uh, and I'm sensitive to the time. It's like I'm preaching on Sunday. I say I'm sensitive to the time, and I'm really not. Uh, <laughs> three things here, okay? Three things in response to your question. Uh, we, we need to understand that God has called us to be his people, and we should not be afraid of the future. If God has kept us in the past for 33 years, he's not about to leave us yet. So trust the Lord for the future. If you don't understand it, we, we respect that. But we also respect the fact that we don't have the final answer. God does. And, and then when you, when you think about trusting, then realize this. Secondly, realize this about the future and, and even some of our feelings. The church is not our yeah, church. Come on. Come on. The church is not about us. Amen. The church is about the kingdom of God, and I can either plug in or unplug. If I plug in, the Holy Ghost is going to take me where I need to go. And the last thing I want you to know about the future is you should love, pray for, support, yeah. and defend your lead pastors. Amen. Love, support, pray for, and defend them. Because if I've ever needed anything from this church, it wasn't your money, it wasn't your uh, presence. I needed you to love me, pray for me, defend me. If I even not a, if I didn't even know it, I felt it. Mm. Oh, hallelujah! Come on, come on, Pastor. Wow, <laughs> man.
if, if it is true that Go Church is imperfect and South Metro is imperfect, that would be the same for me. I don't say this to justify any mistakes in the future, but I am a human being, and I'm going to make mistakes. Uh, I have surrounded myself with great accountability, none greater than the covering of my father-in-law. The very fact that he gets to stay on this team uh, to help me as we make transition, to go to him and ask advice and counsel, he knows this ministry better than anyone. To have him a part of that process, I hope, will minimize any concerns or disappointments or frustrations. You know, and at the end of the day, I believe that God is taking us all through a season of stretch. Yeah, you know, but we're going to be led by the Holy Spirit here. So, you know, we're excited for the future, and we'll do our very best again to explain that why. Yeah. That why is so critical. That's great. Hey, man. I mean, what, what else do you say to that? What a, what a powerful statement there. Well, it, it has been such an honor to, to be able to share the stage with you today, uh, to hear your hearts, to, to cast vision uh, for the future. I, I think the Lord is just setting us up uh, for, for greater days ahead, that we're going to be able to build on uh, what the Lord has done so fantastically in and through us for the past 33 years. And so uh, it's been such an honor. Can we just let them know one more time how much we love them today? Let's honor our pastors. Pastor, I love you. I'm going to hand it over to you now. Amen. I think that Pastor Trey can host one of those night shows, don't you? The Holy Ghost night shows. Thank you, Pastor Trey. So while you're standing and before we leave, I've asked uh, the musicians and the singers to bring it on because we're going to leave here praising God and not like we've been rained on from the outside. Amen. So before you leave, tarry here. Let's be led by Pastor Tim and others.